Stories of Change, as many of you know, is um, one of our sort of regular rolling sort of slots um, at 5.27, and it's just a really fantastic chance to um, hear from somebody in a bit more detail about their journey of faith, and so I'm delighted to have my good friend Sue um, as my first victim. Um, so, <laughs> she's nervous, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> So, um, just start off, Sue, because um, so people will know you to varying degrees, and some people know you really well, but it's possible that people don't know anything about you. So, you know, just, you know, headlines, what, who you are, what you do now, family situation, yeah. just a very brief. Okay, well, I am Sue, and I'm married to Chris, who sadly isn't here at the moment, because he's not very well, but he's very tall. Um, and we have Rosie, who is dressed up as Lilo or Stitch. I can't <laughs> know who they are at the moment in the Christmas party. I'm a part-time primary school teacher, and I'm now teaching out in Woodhouse Eves, which is very nice. Yeah. Thank you. And we have a dog called Lenny. Yes. <laughs> he will feature later, I'm sure. <laughs> um, so, tell us, Sue, about um, what your home experience was of faith because obviously people come from very, a wide range of faith backgrounds so what was your family situation um sort of generally where did you grow up and what sort of faith experience did you have as a child well unlike a lot of people here who come into leicester i was actually born in leicester and so um and i was a part, I was born um, in some kind of um, nursing um, home with my mum, but we were actually at the Little Hill Estate. Um, my parents actually became Christians through a Billy Graham rally. And um, so they were the first people in their family to become Christians. And as a result of that, they went along to Bethel Church in Wixton, who were just about to do a church plant into a new housing estate called Little Hill Estate. And so they started, they all moved, a whole group of families moved onto that estate. And so I, I grew up in a Christian home with my mum and dad, but they were quite new Christians at that point as well. So it was quite an exciting time, I think. Um, I'd say it was a reformed evangelical church. Yeah. And so, so do you, what do you remember about, what was your feeling towards faith as a child? Did you, was it something you sort of embraced or were you a bit sort of distant from it or how did you sort of feel about things? Well, right from the start, children would go into the service apart from um, going into creche. So I heard a, a lot of things and my parents would read to us and um, make the gospel well known. But I do remember knowing I wasn't a Christian and I don't think it was my parents saying to me you're not a Christian until you believe yourself but at the same time I I wasn't when I was asked by friends at school mm. I would say no I, I don't think I am mm. um, but as I I think I was very interested in it and as soon as I could I wanted to go with my family to the evening service which was exciting because it was a little bit like the morning service, but it was a gospel service. So, and I went because I thought it made me look grown up. Um, and then the gospel presentation was the same week on week on week. And I sat there and I was a 
actually bored for quite a long time. And then one particular Sunday evening, I just felt like everything that the preacher was saying, and it was the same preacher, saying the same things about Jesus dying on the cross for your sins, but I knew that he was talking just to me. It was as though everyone else disappeared from the room. And I wasn't very old, I was 10 years old, but I realized that Jesus, yeah, had died for my sins, and it was me, and, and it all, yeah, all seemed to change from then on, really. I knew that that was something different to before, and knowing a lot about the Bible, that okay. God actually speaking to me. Yeah. So, so that was you at ten, sort of made a commitment. And yeah. when were you baptised? Were you baptized? almost straight away? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. In my white dress, <laughs> which was too big because it was only adults, really. That yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so ten is relatively young for a commitment. So, um, how did that play out in your teenage years? Did you sort of stay very close to faith at that point, or were there sort of blips or? Yeah, it's interesting really because my parents moved um, when I'd done one year at secondary school. So I was at what's now Wigston Academy, used to be Bushlow College, and I went there for one year. And then we all moved to Scarborough. Um, but in, you know, year eight, as it is now, in a completely new place where I didn't know anybody. Um, and thankfully I got some really good friends who were in the same position as me um, and we went to a church in Whitby because my parents didn't think the local Anglican church or the local Baptist church was the right kind of church to go to so we drove 20 miles to, <laughs> to Whitby every, every week um, and I got to know some of the young people there but I think my my school life was all wrapped up in music, really. Um, I joined a, a band, a wind band and a jazz band, um, and I really liked all of that. I think at the same time, though, I knew I was different. I didn't want to do some of the things that everyone else was doing as they got older. And even if I wanted to do those things, I felt like God would direct me um, another way. Uh, my parents then decided to start a church in Scarborough and we ended up going to a really, really tiny church um, in the Stephen Joseph Theatre in the Round, which is quite, quite a strange place to have a, um, a church room. Um, and we called a minister, but that meant much smaller than Avenue now. Um, there were just a few of us, I think, me and my brother and sister and another family, they were the only children. So I actually got to know some of the adults a little bit better and they were really helpful. They helped me with my studies. The minister's wife helped me with my revision. And also, because this is in the era before Bible studies, I suppose, for, for young people. And so she wrote me Bible studies, which were really, really helpful. And, and I think those things kind of directed me in the right way. Yeah. So, so you sort of did your A levels in Scarborough, in Scarborough, yeah, yeah, and then went to Cardiff University, I did, yeah. So, did you get involved in a church there? Were you part of the CU? What was what were the kind of? 
Yeah, well, yeah. I suppose because I still was fairly reformed in my outlook just because those were the churches that I went to. So I looked for another um, reformed church, um, which turned out to be something called Heath Evangelical Church. Um, and the, pre the minister there was one William Vernon Hyam, um, who wrote lots of hymns, actually. Um, and he, all the time I was there, three years, he was preaching on Ephesians. He would always recap what he'd preached before and then add a little bit on and then come back and do it. But it did mean that it was etched on my brain, absolutely. Yeah, I can, I can remember every chapter of Ephesians. Um, but I also... Um, and I was really pleased about this because I remember going to a, um, a little youth group where someone had said to me before I started university, don't go to the CU because they're not like, <laughs> like you. They're not really of the right calibre, probably, because they just get stuck into a church. But I thought I ought to check it out. Um, and amazingly, because I was stuck out, I had to get a train in from a place called Penarth, which was about five, six miles away from the university. And it, I nearly didn't go because I'm not very good on trains or directions or anything like that. And this um, total stranger said to me, where are you trying to get to as a student? And he said, oh, I know where to see you. I'll, I'll take you on the train. I never saw him again. He wasn't a Christian. He walked away, <laughs> but he got me to the right place. And, and then I really didn't, it was just amazing. It was like my eyes were opened to see that Christians are a wide group of people, a joyous group of people. It terrified me because everybody was starting to clap and raise their hands. And I thought, <laughs> I've gone to the wrong place. <laughs> but it turned out that I was in the right place and I probably had the wrong idea that actually to be a Christian is a joyful experience as well. So I'm very grateful to God. Yeah. For that. Yeah, oh, that's amazing. Um, am I right in thinking that it was while you were a student that your dad became ill? Is that when that happened? Yeah. So do you, yeah. This obviously has been a big theme in your life was his illness and the sort of subsequent impact on your family and on you. Mm -hmm. So do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I, I remember the, these very good friends back in Scarborough talking to me even before I went to university to say that they thought my dad wasn't behaving in quite the right way. And when you're a young person and you're told your dad is behaving in a strange way, I didn't really respond to that very well. I thought they're, they're not really understanding things properly. Um, but it became clear that he had what later was um, termed early onset dementia. Um, and so he gradually found it more difficult to, he was in a very highly pressured job um, and he was retired on grounds of ill health. Um, and yeah, that was all going on and going on for my mum, I suppose. When you're a student at university and you've got your own life, it, it's hard sometimes to work out what's going on at home. Um, but it, it soon became clear and it was very difficult for my mum um, still working and finding that my dad was doing very erratic things, um, going out in the middle of the night to do a bit of drilling 
or cooking and putting <laughs> all the gas flames on at the same time, but in the middle of the night. Um, and I think it struck me then that I needed to be a support to my family. Um, and I think, you know, where it, in the Ten Commandments it says that you honour your mother and father, even though it was difficult, we wanted to support. And by that time, a little bit later, I'd got married to Chris, and I'm so thankful to God for him, because he was supportive and caring of my dad as well. And and that's a pretty amazing thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so he continued to, to get ill, um, get more ill and have to go into full-time um, care, which when you're in your late 50s, is quite a shock really. But even in that, I can see God's hand and the way that he provided for my dad and for my mum and the way that we were able to support one another. I think I thought of it, it, it was the hardest, hardest time, and yet there's good, really good things that you find about how God will provide and help and encourage you, even when you think there's nothing there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, let's rewind a little bit because we've obviously skipped a bit, including okay. the. So, so you finished your degree. So, what did you, what did you do after, after that? After that, I um, wanted to do a little bit of work for the church, um, Christian work some, somewhere. And um, at that point, there, there were a few things on offer, uh, including something called Care Force, which I don't think is around now, but it was an organisation that placed young people in churches that needed support, really. So they tended to be in big inner city areas and I thought I was going to go to Drum, Drum Chapel in um, Glasgow, isn't it? Yeah, I think. <laughs> uh, I didn't even know where it was, <laughs> which is quite hilarious. So I'd found that on the map um, and then they told me that instead I was going to be going down to London, which to my shame I thought was in Birmingham, that kind of area, and realised that Bir- <laughs> Birmingham's in the middle and London is further <laughs> south. So I hadn't really gone very far south at all. <laughs> Leicester was the furthest I'd gone south. Um, and so I went to work for a Baptist church in Camberwell, which is south of the river. Um, I did part-time work for a, a a sheltered home for elderly people, which was owned by the Baptist Housing Association, and I worked for the church there, doing all sorts of different things. And I've stayed in touch with the minister and his wife, and he's just retired from the ministry, but that was a great time. Learning lots of things again, yeah. yeah. And after that, I went back to Leicester, mainly because I knew I could get some cheap accommodation, I think, but uh, I also knew that Leicester University did a good PGCE, so I did a PGCE uh, in Leicester and then got a job. And I got a job here, which was great because I only had to walk up the road because <laughs> I still couldn't drive at that point. But, yeah, I'd yeah. private just to... yeah. yeah, okay, so somewhere along the right line you, you met Chris, so where did you where did you come across him? Where did he enter the story? 
I came across him first of all because I was involved as um, a vice president in our CU exec. And then the year after that, I was on a national exec, which was students from all over the country. And we met up three times a year, but actually Chris was one of those people. Mm -hmm. um, and so I knew of him. Um, and then I wanted to, I was helping out with the very first Word Alive, okay. which was in Skegness that year. And um, I couldn't drive and I wanted to try and get there. So I rang the UCCF office, which was in Leicester at that point. And someone said, well, I'll ring around the people who might be able to help you. And then the next person who rang me was Chris. Mm -hmm. And when I asked him where he was, I was living on Victoria Park Road, right near to Lytton Road. Um, and he said, well, where are you? And I said, where I was. And he said, oh, well, I'm just up the road. And at that point, it was really quite exciting because I was going to back to Little Hill Church as, um, to worship there, but, <coughs> um, but I didn't have any friends who were Christians. I was just starting out as a teacher, so to find out some, some people who were Christians just up the road was really good. Yeah, and it turned out to be him. And, Yes, things went well. Yes, <laughs> realised he was quite a good guy. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Oh, fantastic! And so I'm guessing was he going to Knighton at that stage? He was going to Knighton. So you eventually um, joined, and I eventually yeah. joined. And I think that was the right thing to do then. Um, and I was excited about the preaching. It was yeah. a little bit more diverse and different. Yeah, and learning things, new things. So yeah, 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 yeah. that was good. So um, I met you when Avenue began, um, so 16, 17 years ago, 17 years ago. Um, and so, you know, that was a point where kind of lots of us were kind of getting together and, you know, a number of people in the room um, to start, start the church. Um, and at that stage, um, you and Chris had been trying and not getting pregnant for a while, and that was something that was really quite difficult, wasn't it? So tell us a little bit about that whole, because I think infertility is something that lots of people face yeah. uh, with a variety of outcomes. You know, some, sometimes it, you know, we know obviously that it ended the way that you had prayed for and not everybody has that experience. So do you want to just tell us a little bit about how that felt for you at the time, how, how you as a Christian approached that moment of your life and the experience of it? Yeah, well, I think in many ways we, we live safely in this country and things seem to go according to plan or you feel that they do. You have a, a job as a teacher and you're married to a really great guy. All your friends are having children and that's the next thing to happen. <laughs> and... It was interesting actually because I remember I was teaching because um, this was a, an infant in a junior school, so the junior school I was over there and we had a cleaning lady called Chris who is a Catholic lady and we used to have conversations and she would say to me, oh so when are you going to start having your children? And I would say, well, <laughs> you know, when, when I've been working for a bit, when I've done this and that for a bit 
And she would always say, I remember her pointing to the sky and saying, well, no, it'll be when he wills. And I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. But of course it turns out that her words were a little nearer to the truth, I suppose, and that actually we don't have, um, we don't have the view to the future or what future God has in, in store for you. Um, and that was really hard to start off with because I went through the, that's not fair, God. That's really mean, God. That's not fair because all my friends have children. Um, and so Chris and I, I suppose, started to withdraw a little bit because it was just too difficult to be with friends who had children. And yet I do remember thinking, you, you can't stay like that as a Christian because we don't know the future. We don't know what God has in store for us. And I remember thinking I can either become very bitter or I can just trust that whatever the future holds, God has in store. But that, that was a very, very long process. Um, and I think God is very faithful in keeping you going. Mm -hmm. And your church family is really important in keeping you going, keeping you remembering that God has a plan. And his plan for all of us is that we grow to be more like Jesus. It isn't to have millions of children um, uh, and to have a certain start of a sort of lifestyle, um, but to follow him faithfully. Um, and it dawned on me slowly and Chris slowly that, you know, you have to trust that maybe God's plan is different, but he's got different things for you. And so we had um, various cycles of IVF. I remember being very concerned about the ethics of that. I didn't want to uh, have lots of embryos that were then put in a freezer and potentially our real life um, that would be taken away. So I remember having, I think this um, consultant nearly fell off his chair really because I don't think he'd heard of people saying that they only wanted to have a few embryos um, uh, eggs fertilised to make embryos and as it was in the end there weren't that many anyway so so we didn't have a difficulty with it and all, of course that that didn't that didn't, didn't work, work. Um, and so I think we'd got to the point where we thought right well that we've we've tried all the things that we can do and we'll just see what God has in store next yeah, and surprisingly, <laughs> when you've given up everything, um, yeah. given up thinking about it, and we were thinking maybe about adoption, adoption instead, and I'd started going to the first adoption meetings, was when I realised I was pregnant. Yeah. So it was a very different experience, I think. Yeah. Total shock. <laughs> but yeah, I'm very, very grateful to God. I guess for the things that you learn. I don't think you learn sometimes to trust him when everything is easy, unfortunately. Um, and that you, you are, I think you can, you can take joy in, in all sorts of things, in all moments of life, whether they're difficult or whether they're easy. Um, 
And so now I'm taking a lot of joy in, in being a mother. So, um, thinking about your life now, um, what would you what would you, what would you say God has been doing this year in your life? What's the sort of what what have you learned that? Well, I wrote, I did actually write something down. Um, Chris and I both like this this verse. Make it your ambition uh, to lead a quiet life so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders, which is in 1 Thessalonians 4. And I think this year has been about keep keeping on mm. with the Lord. And that means keeping on with meeting up with uh, people, meeting up with Christians, meeting up with your home group. Um, but also developing friendships where I can and sharing the Lord Jesus Christ with others as well. And this year, because um, my brother isn't very well either, and so I've been spending a bit of time with him as well. Yeah. But all that, it, I guess, a bit like um, Rachel Bland was saying this morning, um, realising that you have to commit everything to God in prayer. Um, and consider all things rather than thinking you can do it all in your own strength. Yeah. Well, let's do that. Let's um, commit you to prayer and to the Lord. And thank you very much for talking. Father God, I thank you so much for everything that you've done in Sue's life. I thank you for your walking with her for um, so much of her life and for your involvement in her family, for your provision for... Um, her mum and dad and her brother and sister as well. Um, we thank you that um, even through some really difficult times, Lord, that you've been there for Sue and that she can testify to your, your goodness and your mercy um, to her. We thank you so much for Rosie and Chris. We thank you for them as a family and really ask that your hand would be um, on them and with them um, in the future and in the days to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm -hmm.